a really, really good show uh, today on a couple of important issues. One, Waukesha, the media, and how do we respond? Uh, and the second one is the Dobbs case, which it begins today. We'll give you all the information you need coming up. First, there's no time like the present. And it's Christmas time. So the present, see, I use that. It has got a double meaning. Anyway, no time like the present to get your final ho- your financial house in order. The people who uh, you should call is American Financing. Ten minutes with American Financing can set you on a path towards saving hundreds of dollars, maybe as much as even $1,000 a month. American Financing, it's a family-owned lending business that has been helping people just like you for over 20 years. Their team of salary-based consultants will walk you through a free mortgage review to see where you could possibly save money with something like a mortgage refinance or consolidation loan. The economy is in the tank, and it is vitally important that you and your family save money everywhere you can. American Financing, never any upfront fees or hidden fees, no tricks, no gimmicks. They work for you, not the bank. Pick up the phone today and call them. American Financing at 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. Packed show today. Packed show today. Too much. Don't miss a second. COVID, but it's not. What is the second leading cause of death in the United States? It's between heart disease and cancer. I'll give you the answer and you'll understand why this is so important in 60 seconds. Every war is filled with battles, some which you win, some that you don't. That's just one reason why it's so important to make the ones that you win really count. We're in an ideological war right now with leftism, and at stake is not just our nation, but the freedom of all mankind. One battle that you might be fighting is uh, a battle against big mobile companies. You don't know that, but you should know, A, they're overcharging you. They're also taking some of their profits, which they have a right to do, but they're funding things like Planned Parenthood. I don't want a dime of my money uh, going to Planned Parenthood. Why am I supporting them? They are working against me. Make the switch today. If you make the switch to Patriot Mobile, you will get a free month of service. That offer ends December 5th. You'll get reliable nationwide coverage for much less, minus the leftist propaganda. Patriot Mobile shares your values, supports organizations that are fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, and the sanctity of life. These people are in the fight, but first, they give you great phone service at about half the cost. They have something that will fit 
everybody's budget. It's patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Get a free month of service with the offer code Beck until December 5th. Do it now. Patriotmobile.com slash Beck. The first leading cause of death in America is heart disease. Kills 659,041 people every year in the United States. The third is cancer, killing 599,601. What is the second leading cause of death? You're not going to be able to find this if you look it up because... Apparently, we don't categorize abortion as deaths. But if we recognized abortions as the death of a human being, a baby, it would be the second leading cause of death in the U.S. One in four, 24% of women will have an abortion by the age of 45. Over 60 million babies have been killed since Roe versus Wade. <sighs> Today, in the Supreme Court, they begin hearing the arguments in Dobbs versus Jackson. That's Jackson's women's health organization. Lynn Fitch, who is leading the state's argument, said, with this brief, we're simply asking the court to affirm the right of the people to protect their legitimate interest and to provide clarity on how they may do so. So you have uh, Thomas Dobbs. He's an MD. He's the, uh, the Mississippi State Health Officer and Petitioner to the U.S. Supreme Court. Jackson, William, uh, Jackson w- Woman's Health Organization, the only abortion clinic in the state of Mississippi, and the first female attorney general in Mississippi, Lynn Fitch. She's representing the state of Mississippi. The oral arguments begin today. We're expecting the court to tell us uh, whether they're going to return this to the state or they're going to let Roe versus Wade stand as is. Probably sometime this summer, Right in the middle of the midterm elections. Going to be interesting. There's also a big middle ground there where they could come up with something in between those two points where perhaps they allow states to regulate it more, but not all the way to the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Correct. Um, Roe versus Wade is all about and so is this. It's all about viability. Roe versus Wade doesn't really define viability and viability is different at Roe versus Wade. It was 28 weeks. Now we're at 20 weeks. So where is that line now? It doesn't define it. Never made any sense. Never made obviously. Right. I mean, if something can change with technology, then how can that be a constitutional right? Right. Like it's such a bizarre Correct. Construction. And obviously the Constitution does not allow or provide this sort of quote unquote right inside. So this is what this is what the state of Mississippi is saying. Roe uh, Roe and Casey shackle states to a view of the facts that are decades out of date. 
It's time for the court to set it right and return the political debate to the political branches of government. So the they want the court to clarify whether abortion is actually constitutionally protected. Obviously, they're saying it's not constitutionally protected. You don't have a right to kill a baby. Nothing in text, structure, history, or tradition makes abortion a fundamental right or denies state the power to restrict it. That power is reserved to the states. If you, if you killed a child in utero after what was called the quickening, you could be held for murder in you know, early All America and before everywhere. that in, in Britain and everything right. else in England. Once you knew that it was a baby and the baby was moving, you would be charged with murder if you did anything to kill it. And coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, it's about 15 weeks. Right. Right. So that's the Mississippi law is Correct. 15 weeks. So the state of Mississippi is arguing the decisions about abortion are policy matters that should be decided by the people and not locked behind the doors of an unelected judiciary. She argues that the state has a legitimate interest in protecting the lives of the unborn, the health of women, and the integrity of the medical profession. So they're not asking for an overturn. When they say, this is going to overturn Roe versus Wade. No, it won't. It, It won't in California. It won't in New York. It will overturn Roe versus Wade. In theory, it could. Um, however, the states can just do it on their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to overturn you're, you're abortion. Right. It's not going to overturn abortion. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this. The Democrats are now saying um, that uh, this is a point of revolution for them. Mm. That the Democrats will fight an open revolution if this happens now i don't know why that isn't being investigated by the fbi yeah <laughs> but i could say the same thing would be true on the right if the federal government said we are going to go house to house collecting all of the guns there would be a revolution in this country from the right correct for i mean if they were going Door, door to door. Yeah, I mean, door I to can't door. imagine that would I go well. I can't, right. And, but I can't imagine that the people on the right would say it's revolution if the state, if the Supreme Court said uh, states can do whatever they want. You can have guns, not have guns. The states can do whatever they want. It still would be wrong, but people in Texas would say, move the hell down here. Get, we've been telling you for a while to get out of New York and get out of California. Move to a free place. That's what would happen. And I don't believe that a revolution would actually happen if it was left to the states and the federal government back off, back off. Now, I could be wrong on that, but this is something that they are saying if it's left even to the states, because, again, they're misrepresenting this. The media is lying to you again. The left is lying to you again. This is not an end to all abortion. It is saying, let the voters of each state decide. That's not good enough. Now, in 1972, things were um, a little different. Things have changed. 
We can literally watch babies grow in the womb now. We have found out that they do feel pain thanks to medical advancements. We didn't know that when Roe versus Wade was happening. I mean, I mean come on. <laughs> I, they, we didn't. We, we didn't weren't able it. to prove it. Right. Yes, that's a better way of yes, saying it. We yes, we weren't able to prove it. When it was enacted, the idea also of a working mother was still seen as far-fetched. The core argument back then, when it was first debated in the Supreme Court, is that abortion was necessary for women to achieve success. Now, this, you know, uh, this idea uh, predicates off of a sneaky misogynist argument peddled by feminists that argues if women want to be successful, they need to overcome their womanhood uh, and be more like men. That's ridiculous. The argument that abortion is necessary for women's success is a quintessential outdated argument. It assumes that A, motherhood in and of itself is not success. B, mothers are unable to contribute in society in meaningful ways. Three, that women without children contribute more to society and this is usually justified by discussions of how mothers earn less in the workforce which reduces success to only financial success this has changed we don't have the same country that we had in 1973 and i know the left and the media would like to say i know we don't we have one that's more like 1956 But we don't. We don't. Now, the counter arguments to this gate uh, to this case is and I love this one. It's Supreme Court precedent. It's settled law. Oh, okay, All right. In fact, the Center for Reproductive Rights, the CEO, said the Supreme Court just agreed to review an abortion ban that unquestionably violates nearly 50 years of Supreme Court precedent. Precedent doesn't mean that it's right. And you'd know that if you knew Plessy versus Ferguson. Plessy versus Ferguson is the separate but equal Supreme Court precedent from 1896 until 1954. That was 58 years. So just because the court said it once doesn't make it right. And things change. So what's going to happen? Well, the Dobbs case actually has a real shot of returning abortion decision-making power to the states. We know more about the development of babies. We have disproved that women need to abort children to have any kind of success. And there has never, ever, ever been and still isn't a sound constitutional argument to back up Roe versus Wade or Casey. In asking for a clarification, Dobbs will push the Supreme Court to review the constitutionality of how the judiciary is protecting abortion. A push pro-choice advocates are very afraid of. Because they know, as far as the Constitution goes, they don't have a leg to stand on. That's what this is all going to decide. We are going to have, uh, in hour number three of today's radio show and podcast, we have the governor of Mississippi um, to comment on this. This is the first day of the hearing 
in the Supreme Court opening arguments begin today. All right, let me tell you about Car Shield. It's that time of year. Christmas music is everywhere. Kids are writing up their wish list. And of course, your car is taking a beating from the cold weather. Unless you live here in Texas, another reason to live in Texas or Florida. What is it? What was it yesterday? 75? Yeah, it was nice. Nice. All right. If you're someplace, I mean, winter is the hardest part for your car. When it changes over into uh, winter, that's when your car will have a lot of problems. For covered repairs, Car Shield is a lifesaver. Not only do they offer coast-to-coast roadside assistance, but they're going to deal personally with the mechanic of your choice, whether at the dealership or just you know some guy that you know. They'll deal with him personally uh, to get it fixed and make sure that you've got a rental car to drive in the meantime. CarShield has affordable plans to match any budget, and they could save you thousands of dollars. They have saved me thousands of dollars on several occasions. This winter, don't spend all of your time worried about the check engine light that's going to come on. Drive with peace in mind with CarShield. CarShield, the best defense against costly repairs that could put a deep freeze on your plans and finances. Visit CarShield.com slash Beck. Save 10%. CarShield.com slash Beck. Deductible may apply. 10 seconds. Station ID. The radical plan to flip the United States from capitalism to socialism started really under Theodore Roosevelt. It really gained steam in Woodrow Wilson's time. It is currently doing its end game. It's an old strategy, and it mirrors the playbook that was smuggled out of communist-controlled Czechoslovakia during the Cold War. I've talked about this before. Um, How do you get that Bolshevik revolution without all the Civil War stuff? Well, they did it in Czechoslovakia. Tonight, I'm going to revisit that. It's our it's our Wednesday night special. It's a five step plan, and we're deep into several of the main steps right now. Justice system has been infiltrated. Um, Something called the progressive prosecutor movement is methodically transforming Main Street USA into Gotham City. We see it all over the country. Terrifying glimpse last week um, in Waukesha of of what's coming and the media currently running interference in one of the largest misinformation operations in history. It's happening at the city, state and federal government. And President Trump might be the biggest victims of them all. Tonight, I will expose all of this and show you what's really going on with the media and how this fits exactly into that uh, five-step plan that I started talking about 10 or 15 years ago. We revisit it again tonight. Blaze TV, 8 p.m. Eastern, from Russia to Waukesha, the lying media's assault on truth. Don't miss it. Now, I have uh, Senator Ron Johnson on uh, coming up in a minute. He is in hot water from both the left and the right now um, because... He came out with a statement uh, on the Waukesha Christmas Massacre. And what he did first, he came out and he said, this is this is the result of these leftist policies. This is what happens. And he's absolutely right about that. 
Then he came out with a statement uh, with the senator uh, from Wisconsin, the Democratic senator from Wisconsin, where they both said, we have to have peace on the streets. Please, let's not make this political. A lot of people on the right are upset uh, because they said, and rightly so, they've said, this is political. You know, why isn't this being covered by the mainstream media? I mean, we're all very, very familiar with uh, the car in uh, Charlottesville that ran over people at the, and they were Nazis. Okay, we are all very familiar with that. Media will not let us forget that. However, the media has already forgotten Waukesha. After, after thinking, I guess, that maybe it was a Tesla that was just driving itself and it drove into a parade for the first few hours, we now know exactly who drove this car in. And he is a racist who, on the black side... He is a uh, black supremacist who actually quotes on his own uh, Facebook page Adolf Hitler in a positive way. Now, we all know if that was a white supremacist, we would never be. There would be federal investigations everywhere and we would never stop hearing about it. So how do you get to justice and peace. No justice, no peace. Well, there's a lot of people in America, uh, quite honestly, both Republican, Democrat, and Independent, that all say justice is not being served here. So how do you call for peace and justice? Uh, Senator Ron Johnson wants to set the record straight. Um, and then coming up next hour... Uh, I, I really want to hear the response uh, from our own uh, Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock has um, written a few stories on this saying this was sellout. I don't agree with him, but I want to hear his point of view. And I want to hear the senator's point of view because I think I agree with the senator. You know, most people don't know. Gandhi saved India through a hunger strike. He was at death's door. Well, he wasn't having a hunger strike against the British. He had a hunger strike against his own people because they had decided to go violent, that his peaceful work was not going to bear fruit. And so they got violent. He was protesting against his own side. Leaders call for peace but also offer solutions. We'll see if Senator Ron Johnson has both of those in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, they say that you spend a third of your life sleeping. (sighs) That's if you're a novice, I'll tell you that. Nothing better at the end of a long day than climbing into a cozy bed and drifting off to sleep, and there is no better way to do that than with MyPillow products. I'm not a novice at sleeping. If you don't own a MyPillow or you know somebody who doesn't, now is the time to buy great Christmas gifts. Mike is now offering his MyPillows, the ones that started it all for the lowest price yet. You can get a standard pillow for $19.98. That's usually about 70 bucks. 
$50 in savings. The king size pillow is only $10 more. Now is the time to buy. Along with the lowest price ever, Mike is also extending his money-back guarantee trial until March 1st of next year. So you can put it under the tree. If they don't like it, they can send it back and get their money back. It's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. You're going to find not only this amazing offer, but also on the Giza Dream Sheets and the mattress topper and the slippers, all of it. Use the promo code BECK, 800-966-3117. Tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on blazetv.com slash Glenn is a new Glenn Beck program right after a brand new Stew Does America. Don't miss it. This is the Glenn Beck program. We have Senator Ron Johnson, the U.S. Senator, uh, Republican from Wisconsin. Uh, We want to talk to him about the Waukesha Christmas Massacre. Uh, Senator, I, you know, it's bothered me so much that the White House keeps saying our hearts are with the people of Waukesha, um, although our thoughts and prayers are not good enough for them most of the time. But um, the White House is correct, uh, and so are we. Our hearts and our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Waukesha. Horrible, horrible tragedy. Well, I appreciate that. What I can report from Waukesha, the healing has begun. Um, it, it began literally the moment of the tragedy, as you saw uh, the citizens of, of Waukesha respond with just, you know, compassion, uh, integrity, um, as they were dealing with the victims. Uh, just the, again, I, I'm just, I'm haunted. And I wasn't there. I'm haunted by the thought of little children on, on the curb waiting to see Santa Claus and, and the dancing grannies mm. instead of seeing the slaughter. So it's going to take an awful lot of time to heal. But the very next night, they held a interfaith prayer ver- a vigil. Uh, I think it's probably over a thousand people that showed up. Um, I was able to attend and just talk to members of the community, the the first responders. I mean, it was. It, it, I'll never forget it. Um, sorrowful and yet hopeful, I guess, because you know, so, so often, Glenn, you know, this is in in the midst of uh, one of these horrific events that caused by the worst in humanity, the, the best of humanity is often revealed. And I, I think we witnessed that, again, right away in Waukesha. And as, as the city continues to heal, I think we'll continue to see that. So they'll recover. But I know they, they truly appreciate the thoughts and prayers. Uh, I know they're, they're appreciating the financial support, the Community Foundation. I think if they've been, uh, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but I think they, they're incredibly uh, appreciative of, of all the thoughts and prayers and all the financial assistance coming in to, to help people that, uh, you know, the grievously injured that we still have uh, uh, three children in critical condition, uh, a number of the other adults in critical condition as well. So this is going to be a long, long road uh, to recovery. All right. Let me let me take you through a timeline here. Um, you first slam Democratic officials uh, following the Christmas parade over the weekend. Um, You said when you look the other way, when you almost encourage lawlessness, I would drop the word almost just like let's face it. You have political figures doing during the summer uh, riots of 2020, encouraging people to donate to the bail fund so you can bail these people out. When you encourage lawlessness, you're going to get more of it. Uh, It becomes more and more violent. It starts spilling over from crime ridden, generally Democratic governed cities into surrounding areas. That's probably what we witnessed here in Waukesha. 
you started to get all kinds of heat from the left on that. Do you still stand by those words? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm outraged by what happened because it never should have happened, Glenn. It never should have happened. This, the accused, now call him the accused. Um, he never should have been out on the street. But it's the, the catch and release, not only the southern border, but we have catch and release within our criminal justice system. And you've got the left pushing either low bail or no bail. And then again, you had you know, the, the, the current vice president after the Minneapolis riots, encouraging people to donate to a bail fund, to bail the rioters out. You have the press looking the other way as during the 570 plus riots during the summer and said that all the focuses on, on January 6th, as much as I condemn that, now, I'm also condemning the violence that the 2000 law enforcement officers were injured during those summer riots, the couple dozen people killed during those, the, the $2 billion of the profit damage. We're all supposed to look away from that, but we focus instead on, you know, when there may be a perpetrator that uh, comes more from the right side of the, the political spectrum. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm outraged by all of this, but I am outraged for the citizens, for the community of Waukesha that are suffering when they shouldn't have had to. This, this never should have happened. And, and we've got to call it out. You know, part of the healing process, part of the due process is to examine why is this guy in the street? Why was he able to commit this evil heinous act what why and then correct it so it's, it's that's going to be part of the process so go ahead so help me out because just a few days uh later um you come out with a statement with tammy baldwin who is your uh cohort there in in um congress she's the democrat uh senator from wisconsin and you write this, it has come to our attention that outside individuals or groups may attempt to exploit the tragedy that occurred last Sunday in Waukesha for their own political purposes. As the U.S. senators representing Wisconsin, one from each political party, we are asking everyone to consider such action to cease and desist. We have full confidence in the local officials who responded with extraordinary professionalism, competence, integrity, and compassion. They have many difficult duties to perform in the coming days, weeks, and months, and they should be afforded the respect and support they deserve to undertake their responsibilities without outside uh, interference. You go on for a, a couple of more paragraphs, but it's basically the same thing. Um, how what's angering some people on both sides is you just made it political by saying what you just said. And now you're saying, don't make it political. Well, how is this not a political issue? So I guess you have to read carefully what I said. I was trying to head off the past action that could result in uh, potential violence again in Waukesha. So, it, you know, I, I had received from the people I'd spoken to on Monday, I get a call that Friday that they, they are concerned that groups from both sides were going to descend on Waukesha to protest or whatever. And they were concerned of a clash and maybe more violence. And so all I was reacting to then they asked me, is it, can I do anything to help? I said, well, I could issue a statement. I could try and get uh, Senator Baldwin on on a bipartisan basis. Just ask people, please don't do that. Now we weren't specific. You know, I, I didn't want to give anybody ideas. This was just something that may have been planning. We were just trying to head something off the past. But I was talking about action. I was talking about potential violence. This is obviously a political situation. And, and I, by the way, I share, so yeah, I'm getting a lot of criticism from the right. I basically agree with them 99% in terms of what they're talking about. Because I, I am outraged by the fact that the left wouldn't stop talking about, for example, Charlottesville. They won't stop talking about January 6th. 
But you don't hear much about the assault on the Republican members of Congress on the baseball field. You, you, I, I don't think Waukesha is really much on anybody's front page other than in right-wing media now. So trust me, I, you know, both of us are recipients of grossly unfair coverage by the left, the left-wing media, the distortions, the lies, the false narratives. So no, I'm, I'm not happy with it at all. I think I blame the press for some, so much of our divisiveness in this country. They exacerbate it. They, they're the ones that light the fuse. So I completely agree with even, even people crit, criticizing me. I understand why they criticize me, and I agree with them. But again, they're just getting it wrong that I, that I was inferring that don't make this political. It is political. Th- this occurred because of political decisions on no and low bail that need to be protected, or, 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 corrected, but they need to be called out. So again, I, I think what I, my statement was misconstrued again. They didn't understand the backstory. They didn't understand I was responding to requests to help to try and head something off of the past. We didn't want to see more violence. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people who had to, to help pick up dead bodies off the pavement. They, they, they had enough to deal with. They didn't need to deal with additional protesters and people taking advantage of the situation, uh, physical presence potentially resulting in violence. That coming in from to. coming in from other parts of the country too. Usually these protesters right. are are bust Outside. in. Um, so what do we do uh, about this? What can be done? I mean the 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 media is truly truly responsible. The best example uh, counter example of this is what happened in Charlottesville. That story, everybody knows. Donald Trump was the took the brunt of that one because basically he said kind of the same thing. He was saying there's good people on both sides. I condemn those who do the violence, uh, but let's not let's not, you know, bunch everybody into this together. He was he was saying, let's look at this rationally. The press wouldn't do it. You're saying just give me just we have to talk about politics, but let's be rational on the ground. Let's not do anything that calls BLM in or, you know, any white supremacist group in. Correct. Yeah, right. I, I just didn't want to see physical physical presence that could result in violence. Okay. But no, the, the political discussion has to take care or take place. And there's no doubt about it. The, the, the media, the, the bulk of the mainstream media, the social media, they are far left. Now, fortunately, we still have freedom of the press. So you know, we've got you. you know, we've got the blaze. We've got other conservative outlets. So we have freedom of the press, but we are, by and large, overwhelmed by the left press in the mainstream media. It, it's a huge disadvantage that we have. So we've got to work harder. We've got to work smarter. Uh, we do need to remain unified as much as possible. Uh, I think that would also be helpful. Uh, Senator uh, Ron Johnson, um, thank you. I, you know, it's, it is um, becoming increasingly difficult um, to be able to hold people together when we are absolutists. You are either absolutely my enemy or you're absolutely my friend. And uh, one one issue or one disagreement on approach uh, changes everything, and that 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 won't work. That just won't work. We we have to be able to um, have some reason 
if we're going to be able to stick together? No, it's, it's, it's a losing strategy. It's just a losing strategy. You, you, you need to, you know, we need to cling to our first principles. We, we need to understand what do we agree on? And, you know, from the right, you know, we all agree on. I think this was Donald Trump's greatest achievement. He assembled a coalition of people that fervently love this country. And in addition, they recognize what made it great. Not big government. Individual liberty and freedom. We are operating within a free market system that allows them to dream and aspire and build and create. That's the coalition that we need to keep together. And, yeah, we're going to have our differences. You may not agree with every, everything everybody says or how they write something. But we need to focus on what we are trying to accomplish. We're trying to save this country because the left is destroying it. So, you, again, you, you know, some people may not like the way I issued that statement on a bipartisan basis, but I, I, and I would do it again because it's the right thing to do. If, if there's, no, there's no rioting yet in, in, in Waukesha, and that's a good thing. Maybe I helped prevent that. I don't know. But it was worth doing. It was worth trying to help. But at the same time, we have to recognize the left is destroying this country. They are our political point opponents. We need to focus on them. We need to exert our energy to defeating them. And when I say defeat, I mean sweep them from power at the national level, at the state, and at the local level, primarily at the local level. You know, we, we've allowed radical leftists to take over our school boards, which is why they're teaching critical race theory. We took our eye off the ball, focusing everything on the federal government. Uh, we need to focus and be as relentless as the left is in preserving our freedom as they are in taking away from us. Thank you very much, uh, Senator Ron Johnson. I appreciate it. God bless. Thank you. You bet. God bless. Uh, by the way, I believe, I'm not sure if it's up on the website yet. Do we know if his, he wrote an op-ed and, um, and Jason Whitlock disagrees with him. He's going to be on with us in about an hour um, hopefully Jason was listening to this, uh, and he's going to respond. Uh, but he's already written an op-ed that was placed on the blaze. And so the Senator asked for the same opportunity and we're giving him that opportunity, uh, on the blaze. You'll be able to find it at blaze.com back in just a second. You know, cyber criminals come along and they'll steal your identity and all of your money and, you know, I like that just as much as the next guy, you know, assuming that the next guy also hates it. I suspect I suspect you're exactly the same way. So here's a bit of advice. Get LifeLock today and you won't have to worry about it. Every day we put our information at risk on the Internet in an instant. Cyber criminals can steal what's yours, sometimes harm your finances, your credit, your reputation. That's why LifeLock exists. They help detect a wide range of identity threats, things like your Social Security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been potentially compromised, they'll alert you. And a restoration specialist will help if you become a victim. Nobody can prevent all cybercrime or identity thefts or monitor all transactions, but... You can keep what's yours, yours, with LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25%. The Glenn Beck Program. Hmm. May I just rant on what the hell is wrong with Texans? I live in a town uh, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Last night, you know, we have a $13 million firehouse. 
Mm. It's nicer than anybody's house I've ever been in. I haven't been to Bill Gates' house. <laughs> it is unbelievable. $13 million. They built it because the firemen accidentally left the stove on while they were out on a car uh, call and burned down the other firehouse. <laughs> but that's we don't have to concentrate on that. So $13 million firehouse. Last night, I go to the Christmas tree lighting, and everybody gets an armband uh, from the an city. An armband? Uh, yeah. Wow, we are really going no, down a dark, a dark road. No, a wristband. Oh, okay. Uh, and it lights up mm-hmm. uh, when they lit the Christmas tree. That's and everybody's cool. like, yay! And, and, you know, as they're doing it, I don't have the wristband. And I went, yay! And all of our property tax paid for this, and you're going to throw it away in the next few minutes. <laughs> uh, and, and at least some people turned around and went, Damn right. I am really getting sick of this. And I said, oh, but have you seen in the town hall the new restaurant bar the city built with your taxes so you can go in and talk to the mayor or the city council in a restaurant bar atmosphere run by the town run by the town? What the hell is happening to common sense? That's the definition of socialism. And they're competing with local businesses. Exactly right. So some local restaurant down the road. Not subsidized by our tax dollars. So the local restaurant is paying taxes to support its own competition that's being run by the city. It's absolute insanity. Unreal. We, by the way, our little town pays twice the property tax than the highest property tax in the entire state of Texas. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We have something that you can do today that that will make a difference. Uh, We'll tell you about it here in just a second. First, make a difference in your dog's life. When you're a dog owner, you want everything you can to help them along, to live a happy and healthy life. And that's why we feed uh, Uno what we feed him. And on top, we sprinkle rough greens. Rough greens. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement. It has all the things, probiotics and blah, 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 all the living things that you're supposed to have that your wife is like, yeah, they have probiotics. Whatever. Rough Greens has given Uno back uh, years, really. He's a 10-year-old German Shepherd, which is old. And he is like a puppy. He is always playing. He's always, he was at the couch last night, like at 10 o'clock with a ball in his mouth, like, let's go, let's go. Like, dude, relax. Uh, You're 70. Okay. Stop it. Anyway, get a free bag of rough greens for your dog to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-GLEN33, 833-GLENN33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. All right, a little on Andrew Cuomo, a little on the banking system and woke capitalism, what you can do about it next. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. There is a great movement that is going on in America. People are waking up. For the first time in my career, I think people are catching on quickly. 
and they are no longer believing the mainstream media and the smears and everything else. They are actually paying attention, and it is Republicans, Democrats, and independents, and people are looking for things that they can do to help. There is one of the most important things that has just happened in favor of freedom that you can get involved in right now. I'm going to tell you about it in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So mortgage rates over the weekend actually dropped. If you own a home right now, you're paying a percent, even in the threes on your mortgage, take some time out of your busy day to call American Financing. Do it today. Lock in a lower rate. You could be saving hundreds, if not $1,000 a month. A month. What would you do with an extra 12000 Here's what I would do. I'd have a stake. If you had an extra $12,000 a year, you could also skip your your January mortgage payment, maybe even your February one, creating extra bonus savings going into the new year. Listen, the economy is messy, and it is going to get even crazier in the next year. You need to lock down your financial situation as tightly as you can. Be generating as much additional income or as much additional money as you can. Saving what you can. So many uncertain pieces in all of this. Please lock this in. American Financing at 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, some really good news coming out of our states. Uh, There have been um, 14 state treasurers that have actually now signed on um, to um, a letter saying warning the banks. The banks, uh, last week they received a letter, $600 billion in assets from the states. They take in money from taxes, et cetera, et cetera, and they put them in these banks. And they said they are going to take all of that money if the financial institutions embrace corporate wokeism and prohibit financing of the fossil fuel industry. This is the main point of um, Build Back Better. Build Back Better is being led by the banking uh, authority and the investment firms. So they know that they can do it without the government if the government pressures these businesses, these banks, to sign on to this. They'll make a lot of money. And they'll make things all green and all social justice. And it will be a utopia because they will destroy any of the businesses that disagree with them. So they are now not financing new new oil refineries, uh, new energy uh, projects. They're not financing the Keystone oil pipeline. The government is in bed now with the banks and soon the insurance companies, and you won't be able to do business. Gun owners 
you, you're not going to have a store that is going to be able to afford the insurance or get the loans to be able to buy an inventory so you can have guns. Your gun manufacturers not going to be able to have a bank that will provide transactions for them. This is what's happening. Now, this is being led by West Virginia Republican Treasurer Riley Moore, uh, and he's got 14 state treasurers on board right now. They promised a collective action in the form of economic boycotts. Just as each state represented in this letter is unique in its own governing laws and economy, our action will take different forms. However, the overarching objective of our actions will be the same to protect our state's economies, jobs and energy independence from these unwarranted attacks on our uh, critical infrastructure and and industries. So far, they have the state treasurers from Arizona, Arkansas, Idaho, Louisiana, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, Wyoming, Alabama, Texas, and Kentucky, in addition to West Virginia. Now, the left is saying, well, there's 22 Republican states. How come you you only have 14? This is no big deal. This is the beginning of this. When I talk to the um, the 22 uh, uh, attorney generals, they were having their annual meeting and the Republican attorney generals were there. And I talked to them about the Great Reset and I told them what was happening with the banking system. Most of them, I would say uh, half of them didn't know anything about this. They had heard things, but they weren't really sure what it was. And when I explained the banking system, they perked up and were like, wait, 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 and told them, look, it is up to the attorney generals. And I, I didn't say the state treasurers, but this is a brilliant plan. It is up to the individual states. If we don't stand together, we will fall. And this is a really good thing. So if you live in a Republican state, you need to call your state treasurer's office and your governor's office and ask them why they are not signing on to this uh, financial letter with uh, with West Virginia. You can find the letter online. I'll tweet it out. Stu, can you just tweet it out from from me? Um, We'll tweet it out. So you can read it, but they are not going to put your tax dollars in any of these banks who are going along with the ESG nonsense when it comes to uh, oil and gas. I, I think it should be expanded. I think there should be oil and gas and any other constitutionally legal um, operation. I mean, the the banks won't do business with, uh, you know, these pot places. They can't they won't take the money. That's caused a lot of problems. Well, I can kind of understand that because it's not settled. But somebody needs to settle this. Is this legal or not legal? Right now, the state and the federal government are arguing about it. Settle it. And if it's going to be legal, which it's going to be, if it's going to be legal, then the banks should have to be able 
uh, should be should be uh, forced to take that money and treat them just like any other legal business. Period. These giant corporations are gonna kill us if we don't stand together. This is a state boycott again. The states Arizona, Arkansas, Idaho, Louisiana, Missouri, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, Wyoming, Alabama, Texas, Kentucky, and West Virginia are all in on this and have already signed the letter. If your state wasn't included in that, call your state treasurer right now. Call your governor's office. Call the head of your GOP uh, in that state and say, why aren't you doing this? Get on board with this. Because ESG is changing absolutely everything. Really is, and it's it's affecting all sorts of different things. It's why we're paying so much money for gas. Yeah. Uh, this is a good example, Glenn. This is a story in the New York Times that came out the other day that about Europe now revisiting their nuclear power stance as climate deadlines loom. And okay, so, well, so wait, wait, wait. What is their stance? They're for it or against it? Because so they were for it at one point. Okay, yeah. France famously has 80% of their power Correct. from nuclear. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they turned against it, I don't know, maybe a decade or so ago. Because of? Because of dumb environmentalist pressure, even it. though. It's the cleanest and safest energy source we have ever developed as man. Full stop. Uh, it's that clear uh and so it should be something that they should embrace and it's one of those things that the conservatives have generally embraced too i mean it's exciting right the idea to have an unlimited amount of power that we don't have to depend on anyone else for is a pretty great thing not to mention any of the climate benefits that might come out correct so uh, you're not serious about climate control and climate change you're not serious about it if you don't add nuclear energy as the top idea that we need to pursue easiest way to sort out a real environmentalist from someone who's just yeah. playing politics you right could stop you could stop uh, all coal tomorrow mm-hmm. all coal tomorrow and not have a blip as long as you've built the nuclear power plants yeah. you build the nuclear power plants we don't ever need coal sorry west virginia and pennsylvania now you go back to when we were building the nuclear power plants it's ancient technology to what they could do now i mean it really yeah, is yeah. so part of this story talks about how they're coming up with these new technologies and they want to implement them um and what's interesting about it is they can't seem to pull the trigger on this and it's because essentially of a version of what you're talking about and have been talking about esg standards France and a bunch of other uh, Eastern European countries, Bulgaria, Czech Republic, Hungary, Poland, Romania, they want the European Union, this overarching group that sits above all of them for decision-making purposes, to classify nuclear energy as sustainable and a sustainable investment. (laughs) If they are to do that, it flips a switch and it would unlock billions of euros in state aid and investment from pension funds, banks, and other investors seeking to put money in environmental causes. Correct. So from day one to day two, nuclear power doesn't get any better or any worse for the environment. But if the ESG standards say, hey, now we think we're going to classify it as a sustainable investment, the the environmental profile has not changed here. They're just flipping a switch and saying, uh, no, it's not sustainable. Yes, it is sustainable. When that happens, all of this money can flow into it. So the European Union is controlling 
billions and billions and billions of dollars in investment basically on a dumb piece of paper that changes the classification of nuclear energy. And and that is exactly what's going to happen. And think of the corruption. Think of mm. the corruption. Your politicians will you're be begging for it. You're, you're begging, begging for, corruption. for it. Your politicians will be in control of all investment dollars based on how they define uh, racial equity, how they define environmental equity, uh, sustainability. If they want to put a carve out, then that industry suddenly is going to be fine. If they're not friendly to that industry, they will destroy that industry. And it won't make any sense. This is all corrupt. All of this is corrupt. And it gives you the appearance of a quote unquote free market of investment when it's not a no. free market of investment. It's it's being directed by the government. And in this case, not even the country's government, but above that with the European Union. And you think Brexit was a bad idea. I mean, I, you want to get this is how you are able to pull yourself out of these decisions. So, you know, Amarova, who because of this audience, um, according to a couple of senators, because of this audience, you knew about Amarova, the woman that was going to be the comptroller of our treasury. We talked about that a lot. You reacted to it and you woke senators up and she has been denied her position in the uh, the Biden cabinet and not just Republican senators, but Democratic senators. Yes. This audience woke up yes. with that. Four of them. Four of them. I thought it was five. It might have been was, was it five total, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so just so you know, the kind of thing that she was advocating for and the Biden administration is advocating for is that Congress would delegate a golden share responsibility to federal agencies I don't know if Congress has to do that if we don't get our federal agencies under control. A golden share responsibility to federal agencies, which she defined as a wide range of legal arrangements, giving the government special, exclusive and non-transferable corporate governance rights in privately owned businesses. So, in other words, if a business says, no, we are going to build another factory, we're going to be making more of this, whatever it is, and the government doesn't like it. The government has a golden share and it overrides the shareholders and the board of directors. So it can basically say, no, you're not doing that anymore. Whatever whim there is, this is the definition of corporate fascism. It's really dangerous. If your state is not on that list, this is a a great fight to have this is the states and your local city should be doing the same you should be doing the same if you still have your money in one of the big five banks you need to pull that money out do it today pull your money out and tell them why and put it into a local bank locally owned and operated you have to do that now Send them the message. You're not doing any of this with my money. If we all st stood together, we could change things overnight. When you need advice about your car, you go to the mechanic. When you need to advice about the stock market, you go to a stockbroker. 
When you need the advice about snacking, yes, come to me. I'm a doctor, man. Second of all, I know real quality chocolate when I eat it. They call me Doc Chalk. I'm just saying. That's what they, I, that's what it, it's like. It's, it's really like a lunchbox uh, Joe used to say. Middle class Joe? Middle class Joe, mm-hmm. lunchbox Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone calls him. Everybody that. calls him. Everybody calls me Doc Chalk. Anyway, mm. um, you're looking for advice on snacking? They call it a protein bar. But who are you going to listen to? Them or a doctor, right? Try a built bar. You're missing out if you haven't tried them yet. Made with 100% real chocolate, so they taste like a candy bar. They're also high in protein and fiber, yet low in fat and carbs. I've tasted other protein bars. As a doctor, they suck. Built bars are completely different. So if you want to eat healthy, even when you're snacking this holiday season, may I recommend built bars? <laughs> one out of one doctors says it's true. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code BEC15. 15% off now at Built.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Jason Whitlock is uh, joining us about uh, Waukesha coming up in in just a few minutes. Stu, I think we should we should spend a little time on Fredo getting whacked, <laughs> partially partially whacked. whacked. Yes, uh, poor Fredo, Chris yeah. Cuomo, who's who's just awful. I'm well, Andrew Cuomo was awful. Chris Cuomo is worse. Dot com, uh, and you know, looking at this happen, I don't think I. I believed it until just a couple of days ago that CNN would do anything about this. Well, but have they? I mean, you have to say they have standards. They're incredibly low standards. And I don't, again, believe that they're doing this because they think or care about journalistic integrity when it comes to Chris Cuomo. They care that I think they've been embarrassed so fully. Here's the Fredo analogy. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the Godfather comes up to Fredo at the wedding and kisses him. Mm-hmm. I know it was you, Fredo. I know it was you. And Fredo kind of backs up. That was CNN kissing yesterday. Mm. But he hasn't gotten into the boat to go fishing yet. All they did was, all all the Godfather was saying was, Fredo, I know it was you. Get away. Go away. And he stands, you know, in the other room at the wedding. <laughs> right. he's, he's not been... He's not been uh, sleeping yeah. with the fishes yet. So far, yeah, he's suspended indefinitely, which right. is a considerable step from CNN. They actually have done more than I would have expected them to do. Now, on the other side of this, what happens? I have all sorts of uh, complete speculation as to what's going on behind the scenes. But what we can say is that they, you know, you, you know with Jeffrey Tubin. They brought him back after he was doing his thing on the Zoom call. Yeah, doing his thing. Yeah, and brought him back on the air. And so there's some belief that, well, if they didn't get rid of Tubin, But Tubin how- was, I mean, a gross, icky, awful, I'd fire him for it mistake. Yeah. But it was a mistake. Yeah, that's important, I think. It, it was unintentional, we believe, that Jeffrey <laughs> Tubin did this. 
With Chris Cuomo, it was intentional. I mean, he was, and he went on the air months after it occurred and lied about it on the air and lied to CNN about it and told CNN that he did not call uh, uh, press sources uh, about his brother, which he said on the air and lied about. And he said he did not try to get information and disparage these women, which we now have text messages of him multiple times trying to get the group to align behind this um, lead he had to take down uh, the wedding girl, as he put it. It's amazing. Uh, who was accusing uh, real quick uh, why do you what is it is it just do you think that he is he's got legal stuff against cnn that's making them not fire him not be surprised if he was had previously been in the offices of executives and giving them legal advice uh, that's amazing that, that they don't want out there I think they bring him back once the storm blows yeah. over. I think they're trying to see how big the storm is, yeah. basically. Rectech, like, let's face it, the uh, the best part of the holidays. And why? Because he sucks. I mean, his ratings are awful. They should use this as an excuse to get out of the contest. Yes. It's, it's a gift. Best part of the uh, holiday season is food. The true meaning of Christmas, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't come in boxes and bags. I mean, it does come in bags, but then... You prepare it into something delicious. Your favorite foods, grilling on a Rectech. Oh, I'm telling you, the holiday gatherings with friends and family cannot be topped if you have a Rectech. Order one today. It makes a really good Christmas present as well. I mean, just kind of wheel it underneath the tree. Uh, Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com, Rectech.com. It is built like a tank. Uh, It cooks food to absolute perfection. It has the uh, smart grill technology on it. You're not going to find anything like it, especially in the price range. I mean, I've seen things that are twice as expensive as this, and they're not half as good. It's Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Fauci lied to save 25 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Jason Whitlock is uh, here. He's a Blaze TV host, Fearless. Uh, he has uh, he has written and uh, and spoken about Waukesha a lot, uh, and he disagrees with uh, Senator Ron Johnson, who was on with us an hour ago, and who has uh, written his own op-ed that can be found at theblaze.com right now. I'll be tweeting it out soon. Um, Jason says, here's why Daryl Brooks and the Waukesha massacre must be politicized. And I don't know, Jason, if you heard the senator, but uh, I don't think he disagrees with you. I I did hear what he said. I've read his op-ed. It was it was it was sent to me. And and what, what I would say is I think that Ron Johnson and a lot of conservatives don't understand how boldly and fearlessly the left is going to have to be confronted about their racist strategy that they're executing uh, and that the Waukesha massacre gives us a great opportunity to boldly and fearlessly put it in everyone's face just how evil, wicked, 
dastardly, uh, deceptively, they're going about trying to change America, Correct. and they're using, ra- they're using race to do it, and they have to be called out on this at all times. And, and so, so I reread his original statement with Tammy right. Baldwin, uh-huh. and I get that he's saying that, you know, what I was trying to infer is let's not have political violence. And listening to his words today, I can see where he was trying to go with that public statement. Correct. But, you know, the statement out there on its own looked like the kind of naivety that I yeah. see from a lot of conservatives that somehow we're going to make peace with these guys and we're going to so we're going to be above yeah no, addressing like, the racial game that's being played on conservatives and people of traditional values and Christians and and we just can't afford to do it and I know there's great peril and risk uh to doing it and particularly for white guys uh, but that is what the time requires. So I, I agree with you 100%. I happen to agree with him also 100%. Um, it, because I think the disagreement here is in the nuance. Because he came out and blasted uh, the media, blasted the left, blasted this new you know justice reform bullcrap that lets everybody out without bail. Uh, and he took that on. Then for the vigil and everything else, he was saying, let's not have political activists out on the streets. Let's not make this uh, political, no violence. So I think the problem here is, is, is we don't have a tolerance of nuance. Um, we see people as either on our side or off our side. Uh, and you could say that about either one of you. You're not on the side of peace and you're not on the side of of defending the republic. You guys are both on the same side. Uh, it's just this lack of nuance or reality of nuance. Because if we don't appreciate nuance, uh, we're going to lose. Because we need everybody on the same side. Glenn, I, I would agree. And one of the my strengths and maybe a flaw in this example is like, I'm a writer, yeah, and so words matter. And so what I read was, hey, let's don't anybody exploit this for political purposes. What I heard him say today was, let's make sure there's no political violence. Yes. And, and so yeah. I was reacting to what was in the statement. I think where Ron Johnson makes a great point is he's basically in his op-ed, he's like, Jason, or whoever's criticizing, call me, man. I'm on your team. Didn't you see what I said earlier? Right. I totally get and And so that's a fair criticism of me. Yeah, no, and, I mean, and, it happens to all journalist. of us. It happens to all of us. I, I just think that, uh, uh, because my first question to him was, how do you not make this about politics? Because politics is what led to this. Yes. No question about it. Right. And that, you just hammered my point. Right. In terms of their political strategy, the Democratic political strategy, is racially dividing this country and leading to this sort of violence. And, and, and to sit there and to think Daryl Brooks killed six people and his social media posts filled with his worldview, his racist worldview, his uh, 
anti-Trump worldview. All he quotes Hitler. That, he quotes yeah. Hitler. Yeah. All the things that allegedly allegedly inspired uh, the insurrection yeah. that only one person died and she was shot by police. And here we got six dead bodies, one of them a child, six, 50, 60 people in the hospital. And we know that uh, I don't know what percent, if it's only two percent, what he was radicalized by our corporate media and and the mainstreaming of ideas that that are repugnant and false. And and we need to talk about the consequences Mm -hmm. of the strategy that the Democrats are executing. And so. I'm just, it has to be exploited for political purposes. I get his desire and wanting to be a responsible politician and make sure there's no additional violence. I don't know if I would have issued a, and I know that there's probably, there's about, hey, a joint statement between Democrats and Republicans. I'd have put out my own statement uh, because it, you start compromising with idiots and people that have no respect for objective truth. You ended up coming out with a watered-down statement sure. that doesn't clearly state what you actually believe. Sure. And, and, and that's my problem with the left. The objective truth is, is not part of their platform. It's not part of what they believe. And so you end up compromising with people, and you meet people halfway to stupidity. Yeah, I think you're, you're right on that. You know, I, I got a lot of heat for going down to the border from the right, um, and taking care of these kids that were just abandoned by Obama. Uh, it's basically the same kind of situation that is happening now. Uh, we're arguing about these kids in the cages, but who's really taking care of them? Nobody is really taking care of them. It's a much worse situation now. Uh, and I wanted to make sure these kids were returned, but had a good taste in their mouth about the American citizens and make sure that... Um, we didn't close our heart to kids in cages. Uh, and I got a lot of heat on that, but I did it by myself. I wouldn't have joined with somebody on the left because they don't have the same uh, ends and the same purposes that I, uh, that I have. You know, they, they are you know, probably for open borders. So I don't care what they say. That's not my message. My message is, We've got to take care of our hearts and our republic at the same time. Listen, I think Ron Johnson knows what we're talking about and what we're saying. And, you know, he's involved in politics at, at a level that I'm clearly not. And so he, he maybe he feels a bit more vulnerable. But where I'm at... And, and, and it, it's, I don't want to be here forever. I don't, I, I hope things change. But, I but think when that, people are arguing that men can have babies yeah. and that the police are just out slaughtering black people indiscriminately, I can't make peace with them. Because the, I agree with you. facts. I agree. That, that, that they're ignoring. And so it would be like if I went to go buy some jeans and the salesperson kept saying, Jason, I really think you can get in these size 34 jeans. I would go for, I wouldn't deal with that salesperson. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you 100%. I can make peace with them, but I can't uh, not fight them 
you know, I, I'm not going to fight on the streets at this point with them, uh, but I am going to I would peacefully march on the streets against them. And I can't have a conversation. I, I just um, had a conversation with Andrew Yang. And before we started, I said, let's just go through the core principles. Do you believe in the First Amendment and all of that means Second Amendment, Third Amendment? You believe in the Bill of Rights? He said, yeah. I said, as written. Yeah. Okay, good. Then we can have a conversation because I know you're shooting for the protection of rights. And now I can look at your policies and go, but wait a minute, doesn't that infringe on this right and have an honest conversation? Because we have something we agree on. Uh, with the left, I don't have anything we can agree on. You know, I, they want to change us into a, a what I think is a very racist uh, and uh, degenerate society, and I want no part of it. I, they want that. They want a society where elites all get along and have this yep. wonderful life, and everybody below fights over crumbs. So, and so that J- turned into a really ugly fight. Jason, I think the real the real problem here really is the media. The media. You know, they they really pretty much caused all of this by not telling the truth, by a letting by letting people loot stores, you know, two summers ago and call the mostly peaceful protests while cars and everything were burning behind them. Um, That lie is just led to all kinds of problems. They lie after lie after lie. And now they are clear and verifiable. They've left Waukesha uh, completely alone. They, when, when the same thing happened in Charleston, they ran with that story for months. It, it was even questioned in the last debate with uh, President Trump. I mean, they never let go of that story. Here, not a peep on Waukesha now. They're still milking the Charlottesville story. And they're never going to let it go like they're never going to let January 6th go and the demonization of all Trump supporters. And, and do I think all Trump supporters are perfect people? Absolutely not. But, like, if you understand America, everybody has to have a voice and a, a respected voice. It can't just be, oh, the LGBTQ, they can have a voice. Black Lives Matters, they can have a voice, but you Trump supporters who think some things we disagree with, you can't have a voice and you're the worst people on the planet. That's a joke. That's not an America that works for everybody. And eventually, I mean, my message that I'm trying to convey uh, most particularly to black people, I'm just uh, this standard doesn't work for us. It, maybe... You foolishly think you're getting a brief moment of satisfaction, but it will be a very brief moment. If this standard that they're setting up continues, we are going to be first on the chopping block, first destroyed by it, and all everybody that's giggling and laughing now and like, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is the worst person on the planet, and, and Daryl Brooks is a victim of, of oppressive system and racism and blah, 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 and, and he was fleeing the police and all that other stuff. I, I'm, I just, 
I'm so, I got more in common, far more in common with Kyle Rittenhouse than I do Daryl Brooks. Amen. And I think that's true of most black men and black people. This standard that they're setting, it just doesn't work for normal people, and particularly those of us with any kind of religious faith. This just doesn't work. Uh, BlazeTV.com, uh, our own Jason Whitlock, you can follow him on his YouTube.com channel, YouTube.com slash Jason Whitlock, uh, or you can see his uh, program Fearless, Blaze.com slash Fearless. Use the promo code Fauci Lied, which they strangely have not canceled out yet, uh, and save 25% for the uh, holidays. It's YouTube.com or theblaze.com slash fearless with uh, Jason Whitlock. Jason, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, Glenn. You bet. There are those who lead, and then there are those who follow. And when it comes time for you to buy or sell a house, especially in this housing market, you need the kind of person that is a leader. A number of years ago, I got fed up with the follower types, not to mention the leader types who didn't know what the heck they were doing, and I decided to do something about it. I started a company, Real Estate Agents I Trust, as a free service to you. I think we operated for two years before we ever mentioned it on the air because we wanted to make sure we had it right. Uh, real estate agents I trust, a free service to you. I don't want you to go through all the hassles that all of us go through if you don't have the right real estate agent. Uh, real estate agents I trust pairs you with the best real estate agents in your area, in our opinion. Someone who really knows the best practices, and that's the key. Someone who understands the crazy housing market. Someone who is a team leader and a closer. Real estate agents I trust.com. Real estate agents I trust.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck program. There's some really big court cases that are that are happening right now. The Giselle Maxwell uh, case is going on. Not Gale- a lot. Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, not a lot of talk on that one. Not a lot of talk. No. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. A lot um, of interesting details coming out of that, though. Uh, yeah. Um, that's one that should be televised. That should be televised, I think. Um, the uh, other one starts today, and that is the Mississippi Supreme Court uh, battle over abortion. And it is not something that is going to be... Uh, an overturning of abortion nationwide if they're successful. It is states' rights. Some states will have it. Some states won't. And uh, that's what the Tenth Amendment is really all about. We're going to talk to the uh, governor, uh, Tate Reeves. He's going to join us next. Uh, This is the uh, Dobbs versus Jackson uh, case in the Supreme Court. Oral arguments begin today. So we wanted to get the governor of Mississippi on to talk about it and to set the record straight of what this is all about and what the intent really is and what does it mean one way or the other. Governor of Mississippi, Tate Reed's next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Do you know how much money we overspend every single year on car insurance, health insurance? If you go to thezebra.com, the average person saves $922 a year on home and auto combined. That's pretty remarkable. And the reason why the zebra can save all of that money for the average person is 
because we have there hasn't been a place where you can compare everything quickly and find the right price that isn't being run by some insurance company. The Zebra, thezebra.com, gives you all of the facts in under five minutes that you need to make the right decision. It is the fastest way to find the right coverage at the right price for you. And it'll help you find a provider that you can trust. Save time and money in minutes. Compare quotes for free at thezebra.com slash Beck. That's thezebra.com slash Beck. Last hour of the program coming up. a new law that banned elective abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Well, the Supreme Court announced that it would hear that appeal. And uh, it is an interesting case. It might not make anybody totally happy one way or the other, but it is going to be a very, very important case. And it begins today in the Supreme Court, and it is it is all about the right to life. And we have the governor of Mississippi. Uh, he is going to be joining us in 60 seconds to tell us all about this and what it really means, because there's a t- what a surprise, a ton of misinformation from the media. We'll give you that in 60 seconds. So Art wrote in and he uh, was telling me about his dog's experience with rough greens. He says, I wasn't sure this was going to work for my dog, but I decided to give it a a try after you were talking about it over and over and over again. And Uno, Uh, my dog was slow at first to eat it, but now she loves it. And our problem uh, eater is now much, much better. And her energy is also much better. Five stars. Art, thank you so much for listening, and thanks for trying it with your dog. I had a problem eater, too. My dog would not eat, wouldn't eat. Uh, and I was always getting yelled at by the vet. What do you feed him? you got to feed him more. I, we're trying. We're feeding him anything, and he won't eat it. Now he wolfs it down. And it's, it's not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on your dog's food. It has everything that they need to be healthy and have a longer life. It's roughgreens.com slash back. 833-GLEN-33. Get a free bag just to try out. All you pay for is shipping. 833-GLENN-33. Roughgreens.com slash back. From Mississippi, the uh, governor, uh, Tate Reeves, is joining us now. Oral arguments begin today on Dobbs versus Jackson. And he is here to tell us all about it. Governor, how are you, sir? Good morning, Glenn. I'm doing great today. I hope you are as well. Uh, I am. I am. It's a good day. I'm actually, um, I'm actually very optimistic about the chances of this case after talking to your 
really great attorney general, the first woman attorney general uh, in Mississippi's history, Lynn Finch, uh, Fitch. Yeah, today is, a, today is a day that many of us in the pro-life movement have been uh, waiting for for a long time. In fact, some even longer than, than I have been alive. The, yeah. the, the Roe v. Wade was decided, uh, the, the decision came down in January of 1973. And so for almost 50 years, uh, Roe has been the, the precedent that was set. Uh, but many of us, uh, and I'm, I presume most of your listeners, just really believe that it was decided wrongly. Uh, back in 1973, and then you also have the the Casey case that occurred in, in 1992, which really helped establish the viability uh, provision, and and we believe that was wrongly decided as well. If you read the Constitution, and I've read it, there is no guaranteed right to an abortion in the United States Constitution. In right. fact. Not only is there not a guaranteed right, there's also nothing in the U.S. Constitution that prevents states like Mississippi and, and others uh, from put placing reasonable limits on, on those abortions. And the case that's before the court today certainly places uh, reasonable limits. So uh, that, that's the thing. Reasonable limits. We are so far beyond reason. The, the two countries that have zero uh, uh, zero laws on the books to stop people from abortion. You can abort a baby, you know, while giving birth. Uh, it's China and North Korea. And we are right there at that doorstep. Um, we are way out of line. And this isn't an overturning of all abortion. This was I mean, you were the speaker of the Mississippi Senate, if I'm not mistaken. And you brought the heartbeat uh, bill uh, and got that passed. So this is not it will take me through that from the beginning and how we got here. Yeah, yeah, no, no question. And, and I think your point is so important because uh, those in the abortion on demand crowd try to convince the American public that, uh, that the, the abortion laws in the U.S. are mainstream across the world. And they're just simply they're not. not. As you correctly pointed out, the laws in California and New York with respect to abortions are more similar to China and North Korea than they are any other country around the world. In right. fact, in, there are 42 countries in Europe, Glenn, that allow for elective abortions. If this Mississippi law is upheld, then there will still be 39 countries in Europe that have more restrictive abortion laws mm. in Mississippi, which I think is one, one of, if not the most conservative states in the United States. And so this law just gets uh, gets our state to a point where we are more in line with mainstream countries around the world. My goal ultimately would be I'd love to see the court overthrow Roe v. Wade. That's because right. there is because it was wrongly ruled, but they don't have to do that to allow this ban to go into effect. And that would ultimately save lives. And that's what we've been trying to do for many years is is find ways in which to um, to pass restrictions that save babies' lives. So you are, but I want to make sure that people understand that if this goes, you're, you're not arguing to ban all abortions in America. 
You're saying leave it to the states to decide. Leave, get it out of the court system. Leave it to the people to decide this. So California would probably end up doing more abortions. New York would end up doing more abortions. But you would do far less, if any. Well, we believe that that's, the, um, that's what the United States Constitution um, contemplates is it is the 50 labs of democracy in yes. the states that, that should be making these decisions. There's no guaranteed constitutional right to an abortion in the U.S. Constitution. Um, and and our, our founding fathers were very, very tactical and very intelligent in, in saying that anything that the Constitution doesn't give explicit authority to the feds on should be decided in the individual states. And so, uh, no, we're not, we're not asking the court to outlaw abortions. We're just simply asking the court to recognize that it's the individual states that should have the opportunity to set their policies based upon the will of the people in those individual states. So the left loves to scream, my body, my choice, not when it comes to vaccines. Um, what is the difference here between these two? Why can't why 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 is it my body my choice in one regard and not with vaccines? And and that's a that's a great question and it's a fair question. Here's what we've learned with respect to the vaccines. Even Dr. Fauci admitted on Sunday that the vaccines are pretty effective are very effective at keeping you from becoming hospitalized and from having a severe case. However, uh, what we have learned as more and more data comes out is there's, there's certainly um, individuals that are vaccinated that are, are contracting the virus and there are those who are vaccinated that are spreading the virus. And so the vaccine, in my opinion, is exceptionally uh, helpful in, in reducing the severity of your case but that gives you as an individual the ability to make your own decisions as to what's best for you and your mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Conversely, with respect to abortions, and this is where the left just completely gets it wrong. They want to scream, my body, my choice, and completely ignore the fact that there is an additional unborn child in that womb that they are aborting and ultimately killing. And so that is where the distinction lies is an abortion is, is in my view, by definition, uh, the killing of an innocent, unborn child. And that's when it's no longer just about your body. It's about the body of that unborn child. And it's why, Glenn, it's so important that, that people like me and people like Attorney General Fitch and, and other like-minded pro-life people around America stand up for that unborn child because they don't have the ability to stand up for themselves. You know, it's interesting. The um, uh, the founders really addressed this. I was shocked when I found this out. We have we have these debates in our Mercury historic vaults. Um, the founders talked about abortion uh, and but they didn't do it on a federal level. They did it on a local level. Uh, and uh, the uh, the argument was when you know it's a child, the quickening is what they called it. When you know the baby has moved and you know it's a child you will then be causing murder. But if you don't know that and the quickening hasn't happened and something happens, then you're okay. Um, but that was again for a local and state issue, not a constitutional issue. And they were very well aware of it back then. 
Well, there's there's no doubt, and and, and the the important point here is that here's another um, example of where the the left really um, is uh, chooses to ignore the facts. They love to scream about following the science, and but when it comes to abortion policies, they completely ignore the science. And the fact is, since Casey was decided in 1992, the science has changed. Yes. Since Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973, the science has certainly changed. And the reason it has changed, when Roe was decided, we did not have sonograms. When Roe was decided, we did not have ultrasounds. And every single time the technology gets better, the more the science comes down on the side of protecting unborn children. Here's what we know about a child at 15 weeks. We know that that child has a heartbeat. We know that that child is pumping multiple quarts of blood each day. We know that the baby is developing its lungs. We know that the baby can move. We know that the baby can take its fingers and hand and and open and close it. And most importantly, perhaps, Glenn, we know that that baby can feel pain. And because of that, we believe that um, that we have a a obligation to protect that unborn child. How do you think Supreme Court's going to rule on this case? You know, because the left is saying, "Oh, there, this is practically a complete uh, religious zealot uh, rightist court." No, it's no, it's not. I mean, I don't count on all. You know, not necessarily counting on John Roberts. Uh, you know, uh, actually voting for this. Um, what do you think? What, what are the odds, do you think? Well, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic that, that the uh, justices on the Supreme Court are, are going to um, stay away from, from any uh, political considerations because that's not the role of the court. That is the role of the legislative branch of government, and that's the role of the executive branch of government is to recognize public opinion and make decisions accordingly. Um, but the, the judicial branch's job is to, is to read and interpret the Constitution. And I think a simple reading of the U.S. Constitution uh, shows you that there is no guaranteed right to an abortion in that document. And there is nothing in that document that prevents the states from passing their own laws. In fact, that is really one of the fundamental principles that this country was founded upon is that anything that is not specifically delineated for the role of the federal government is to be handled by the states. Correct. And so I'm I'm optimistic for that reason. Um, And I know that there have been literally millions and millions and millions of Americans praying uh, for um, for our legal counsel, who is literally, as we speak, making these arguments before the court. Um, and, and I hope that that will continue uh, in the coming days and weeks before the decision is handed down. And we think it'll be months, obviously, before we ultimately get a decision. Yeah, probably in, uh, probably in July. Perfect for the midterms. Uh, <laughs> Governor, thank you for everything that you've done for life uh, and uh, everything the state is going through uh, right now. It is probably the most important thing that we can do if we don't get ourselves on the right side of history on pretty big things like this. Uh, you know, we, we are going to have a tough fight on everything else. Thank you so much, Governor. 
Thank you so much for having me on, Glenn. Have a great day. You too. Governor Tate Reeves from Mississippi. You might want to say a prayer uh, now for the legal team. They are in the uh, Supreme Court right now doing oral arguments. Um, And this could be a big one. This could be a big one. Yes, Stu? I would like to get your take on a couple things on this. Where you think these justices stand? We can do this in a second. And yeah. also, what does this do to the politics if it, it when it comes out in the mid in the midterms? Okay, yeah, I'll answer both of those uh, coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks. I got to tell you, you're looking for somebody, a, a guy. You're looking for a, a present for the holidays. Steaks. I mean, I don't know a guy who. I mean, you get a tie. When am I going to wear a tie? I'm not wearing a tie. Stop with the ties. Uh, a steak? I would eat that. You could wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, you want a hot steak? And I'd be like, uh-huh, yes. Uh, Omaha Steaks make great gifts. Now, I know how much steaks are worth right now. You are gonna, you won't believe what you will get for $99. You're going to get 24 entrees, like the world-famous Omaha Steaks bacon-wrapped filet mignon. You're going to get chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the promo code BECK, you're also going to get an additional eight Omaha Steak Burgers free with your order. This is an incredible deal. I don't know if you've bought meat at the grocery store lately. Hamburger was $2.99 a pound. It is now $5.99 a pound. Omaha Steaks, the best of the best and an incredible deal. Omaha Steaks right now. Incredible flavor, incredible value, uh, 100% guaranteed at omahasteaks.com, keyword back. Keyword back, omahasteaks.com. 10-second station ID. I'd be interested in hearing how you think the uh, individual justices are going to vote. I, 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 I have no idea. Let me give you a rundown and you tell me where you disagree or agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, will they overturn Roe versus Wade completely? Let's not play with the gray area here. Will they overturn it completely? No. So let me give you the justices. Solid no. They will not overturn it. Kagan, Breyer, Sotomayor. Yes. So three. Got it. Solid yes. They will overturn it. Thomas and Alito. Yes. Okay. So three to two. Leaning yes to overturn. I have Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett. I would say Amy. I'm not sure about Gorsuch. Okay. Uh, That's leaning. Not sure. Um, Leaning no. I say Roberts. I think that's a no. You think he's a solid no? Uh, Overturning Roe versus Wade? Yeah. Solid no. Okay. Solid no. So if you take the leaners and the solids... You're, let's put Gorsuch into the toss-up toss because you're not sure on him. That puts us at four uh, to f- one, two, three, four, no, and one, two, three, yes. Yeah. So that leaves two to gonna, decide it. You need both of them. They will not overturn it. Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. They will not overturn it. I think you get Gorsuch. What, see, the difference between Roberts and Gorsuch is Gorsuch is very bold. And that Gorsuch is like, hey, if I have to like overturn this huge thing because i think i'm right i'll do it right like we've and we've seen the bad side of that uh on a couple of rulings mm-hmm. but he is not he's not a wuss 
Right. Well, it's um, here's what here's the problem is. It's not a wuss uh, that Roberts is. Roberts, uh, it, it, he feels his job is to protect the sanctity of the court. But that's what I think a wuss is. Right. A wuss yeah. is like he's making these decisions. He may very well think Roe versus Wade is terrible law, but right. he wants to protect the reputation of the court. Right. So and he'll try he's to destroying find the right. reputation of the court. The, his decision on Obamacare destroyed the reputation of the court. I totally agree with yeah. this. But like he's the type of person who will say if this court is seen as the, you know, taking away women's rights, we will lose our our high stature and blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. blah. Uh, so I don't think he's going to want to do that. That's why I have him leaning no. I think, honestly, he probably does see it as really a really terrible decision, as most anyone who's even familiar with a conservative argument, I think, does. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, I think, you get, I think Gorsuch will be on the right side of this. I could be wrong. I think he will be. Uh, I think Kavanaugh's the guy. To me, I think Kavanaugh is the one that turns this either way. Now, Amy Coney Barrett has not has not really said a lot on this. I mean, we're, we're doing some on faith uh, uh, with her, though she has written uh, some critiques of Roe versus Wade that would make you think that she's familiar. Obviously, we would not have been excited about her as a justice if we did not think she'd be on the right side of this particular Correct. case. So I think she'll be okay. I think Gorsuch will be okay on it, too. Again, I could be wrong on that. Kavanaugh's the one, though. I, I Kavanaugh acts throwing a lot like at, Roberts. So, so, But the, the question is not throwing away Roe versus Wade. Well, it that's is, what I want. And I want oh, more I know than that. that. I want more than that, frankly. I yeah. want them to say it's, it should be illegal everywhere. But. I agree with that. But I don't think this is, is going to happen. I think this is going to be a good step in that direction. A middle I ground think, step. I think... What we should be hoping for, I mean, we could always hope for that, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that's going to happen for many reasons. But taking a huge step back and saying states have the right to decide, that's game changing. But that is overturning Roe versus Wade. That's what that is. States have the chance to decide. And that's what it should, I mean, that is not what it should be. I keep saying that. It is not what it should be. However, when it comes to this particular ruling, overturning it and throwing it back to the states is probably the best we could possibly hope for. And, uh, you know, I just don't I don't know if we're going to get it. I think you're more likely to get something in that gray area where they allow the Mississippi law, but still have a pretty significant limit on how far you can go. Program. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, Goldline, if you're somebody who considers yourself fiscally responsible. Mm-hmm. Even if you're somebody who'd like to be more fiscally responsible, time to wake up and smell the insanity of what is coming and some of which is already here. If you think inflation is bad now, give it a year. You will not recognize prices even next year. Uh, Please consider investing a portion, 10% of your, impo- uh, of your portfolio into something really conservative like precious metals. Um, if you're doing your research, you know that something big is coming with the U.S. dollar and our economy, and it's not going to be good. It is time to preserve some of what you have. Call Goldline today. This week only, Goldline has extended their Thanksgiving special due to overwhelming pro- uh, popularity. 
Plus, you can call Goldline to find out about the um, how to receive a free one-ounce silver Santa Claus rounds for the holidays. Great investment, great gift as well. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE. Brand new Glenn Beck and Studios America tonight on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Fauci Live to save 25 bucks. Stu and I have been debating this back and forth. Um, you know, overturning Roe versus Wade is not the same as banning all abortions. And my my feeling is if you would ban all abortions, you'd have a civil war because the left a wants one and B, they're a death cult. They are an absolute death cult and they will fall on their sword on this one. If you take the uh, the right to kill babies away from the left, you will have the same reaction that the right would have if you said no guns in the hands of citizens. They won't stand for it. Uh, you know, one's to protect life. The other one is to kill. Uh, and they are such a death cult. That's what you'd have. I don't think there's a chance that that I mean, that's not even what they're arguing about in this uh, in this case. But we'll give you more as we uh, as we go on. I wanted to bring our uh, good friend, uh, Dr. Ever Piper, in. Um, he is the uh, author of a book, Grow Up. He was when we, I first met him, he was the uh, president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. And he wrote this great uh, op ed for his university. And it's like, grow up. This is not a safe space. It shouldn't be a safe space. And I've been a fan of his ever since. Everett, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Glenn. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the coddle culture. And I, I want to start with uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, verdict. He's now not going to be going to Arizona University um, because the students don't want him there. They've demanded that he is not going. And so he's not going there. What happens to a society when it's mob rule, and even if you've been uh, found not guilty, you don't get a second chance. Well, it, it, this is just another symptom of the disease of the radical promotion of narcissism and selfishness. This juvenile temper tantrum that has been taught to our progeny from our pulpits and from our podiums. I mean, we've been preaching this self-esteem nonsense for decades in the church, and we've been teaching the same nonsense in our schools, and we shouldn't be surprised to wake up today and find that we're being ruled by an angry group of juveniles who aren't getting their own way and want to be comfortable rather than confronted. They don't want to have freedom. They'd rather have safety. And if you compromise their sense of self-esteem, they're going to shout you down. They're going to throw a temper tantrum and they're going to cancel you and they're going to get you expelled. And Kyle Rittenhouse is just the most recent victim of that movement. You know, I said in my not a daycare piece that you broke back in 2015, that if you're teaching selfishness and self-absorption at our campuses and in our schools, don't 
be surprised when all of a sudden you've got a self-absorbed culture, mm-hmm. a cancel culture of perpetual children who are not going to permit anyone to even be in their presence that they don't like. And Rittenhouse is just the newest example of that. And by the way, Glenn, he was enrolled as an online student, and they still said that he makes us feel unsafe. We feel uncomfortable because this man is a blood thirsty killer, and we don't want him at our campus. He was online, my land, and they still are going to silence them. It's not about safety. It is about control, and it is about ideological fascism rather than intellectual freedom. So these people are just getting into the workforce now. Um, You know, they're in their 30s. They're into the workforce. These people are going to be running our country. I mean, how do we reverse this? Well, the only way you can reverse this is to have a revival, to reform the and return. Uh, revival, reform, return, restoration, all of those words imply that you're going in one direction and you need to make a 180 and go back in the other direction toward true north. And that is what our culture must recognize, that we have to return to truth as the measuring rod of those things being measured, or we can do no measuring. That's a paraphrase of C.S. Lewis. The solution to the problem right now is to stop elevating lies and to start recognizing that there's something that is true above your feelings, your emotions, your passions, your desires, and your proclivities. All those feelings, desires, passions, and proclivities are childish in nature. They're not the way adults have traditionally functioned. We need to grow up and recognize that life isn't supposed to be safe. It's supposed to be good, and that goodness is defined by God, not you. And in fact, even this case in the Supreme Court right now, it's the exact same thing. They want to redefine what it means to be a human. They want to elevate themselves as God and decide what's human and what's not. And they're deciding that the youngest and most vulnerable among us are not human. They're deciding what the human being is. They've elevated themselves to be as God. Did you see what happened in France with uh, the Cathedral of Notre Dame, where they are building that into a social justice center, where one chapel is for the environment, one chapel is for equity? I mean, it is, I, I really think that, you know, people have feared one world government and one world religion. I think we have the one world religion forming right now. Well, and I think France tried this once before. Yeah, called the they did. Revolution. They might want to refresh their memory on Ruth and on uh, Diderot and Robespierre. Mm-hmm. And the end result of all of that was what? The guillotine. Blood flowed in the streets. They did not get liberty. They got tons and tons of despotic law being imposed upon them to the point that even the advocates of the French Revolution, the leaders, Robespierre in in particular, lost his head because of the rule of the gang and the mob that rose up. How concerned are you about the the daycares that if this bill is passed, this Build Back Better bill, uh, our kids are going to be in school from almost birth to, you know, 24 years old. 
Well, you know that I've written recently that, uh, you know, all these people calling for our schools to open back up. You know, we get it. We got to get our kids back in the schools. We got to oh. get our kids back in the classrooms. Why? Why? Ideas have consequences. And if the ideas that we're teaching in our schools are bad, then maybe those schools aren't the best place for our children. If we're going to continue to teach, for example, social emotional learning, SEL, which is just another way to get critical race theory and BLM and classical Marxism indoctrinated into your kids at the earliest age. If SEL is the curriculum, which it is in most schools across the land, then why in the world would any good parent want his kids in those schools? So most most people have heard of uh, critical race theory now. What is SEL? SEL is pervasive. You go check out your local school and ask them if they have social emotional learning as part of their curriculum. The answer is going to be yes. Yes. SEL is nothing but a regurgitation of the self-esteem movement overlaid with socialism, communism, and Marxism, and now salted with the LGBTQIACRTSJWBLM <laughs> alphabet soup of nonsense. So, so wait a minute. So how does SEL manifest itself um, as critical race theory? Can you give me any well, of the, the obvious points here? Okay, well, uh, let me go. This doesn't necessarily hit critical race theory, but it kind of does. So let me start with this one. In Oklahoma, we are the reddest of red states. Not one county has gone blue in four successive presidential elections. So you would think that we've got our head on straight in Oklahoma, right? Mm -hmm. Wrong. In our schools, on our state education department website, we actually promote SEL unapologetically. We say it. And if you go one or two clicks in, and I've done this personally, you can find a tab within the SEL curriculum webpage on our state education home site. You can find a, um, a tab that says how to engage in your first time. <laughs> okay, that is a tab that specifically tells your sons and daughters how to engage in sex their first time time and do so with self-esteem and self-respect that is an example of what self excuse me sel the social emotional learning teaches your kids it's the lgbtqia sjw crt alphabet soup of subjective identity and emotion over rationality that's pervasive in your schools i i I have kids that are looking at colleges now what do i do Ever. What do I do? Well, I think you need to do, first of all, you need to exercise your right as uh, a consumer. And frankly, and I was a college president, I know that you're in the driver's seat. All the colleges want your kids because they're, they're, they're financially, they're in financial straits right now, even the state universities. They want more students, more money. So you're in the driver's seat. So demand a meeting with the president, number one. And if he won't meet with you, don't go there. You're, pen- you're spending too much money if the president won't attend to your questions. What questions should you ask? Ask him what his view of truth is. Just be quiet and listen. Is truth an objective reality? Is it something that's out there to learn and acquire and embrace? Or is it a postmodern construct of nothing but opinions, you know, c- constructed by culture and society? If truth isn't an objective reality at that institution, do not go there. Ask him what his view of life is. 
does God define life or does the human being, does society, does culture define life? If he says that anything other than God defines human life, then don't go there. Ask him what his view of marriage is. Is marriage uh, defined by government or by God? Ask him what his view of Scripture is. Is the Bible inerrant, infallible, authoritative, and true? Or is it nothing but an interesting book of literature? These are litmus test questions that you should be asking. And today, a hot one is, what's your view of critical race theory? Should we judge people by the content of their character or the color of their skin? Ask good questions, be quiet, and then run the other direction if you don't get the right answers. Uh, I don't need to ask questions. I don't need to ask about half of those questions to most university presidents. I think I could probably guess their answer. Um, but uh, Dr. Piper, thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, the uh, book that um, uh, he has out was released, I think, in April. It's Grow Up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. Well, well worth the read. Grow Up by Dr. Edward, uh, Edward, uh, sorry, Dr. Everett Piper. Um, thank you so much. We'll talk again. That guy is so clear on his thoughts. He is really somebody that just can really cut through all the bull crap. Let me tell you about Blinds.com. If you're tired of relatives coming over for Christmas and saying things like, gosh, I love what you've done to the place, uh, except for the blinds. Those look terrible. Yeah, you know the relatives. You know the ones I'm talking about. It's all right, because now is the perfect time to order totally customizable window treatments. During one of Blinds.com's biggest sale of the year, they make it really, really easy and affordable to make home improvements that you're going to enjoy every single day. You can upgrade one room or your whole house. The stylish shades, interior shutters, and a whole lot more. Premium blinds, even automatic. You'll never find any misleading quotes or hidden fees. That's why they have over 45,000 five-star reviews. I'm one of them that have given them the five-star review. Go to blinds.com, save up to 45% off everything, plus premium door busters and additional savings off your entire order. Going on right now, up to 45% off blinds.com. Blinds.com, rules and restrictions do apply. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Tonight on the Glenn Beck Wednesday night special, one you don't want to miss, um, there's a five-step plan to overthrow a nation. Uh, it's Bolshevik, and it is, it's to try to do it without so much bloodshed. And I've talked about it before. I'm going to talk about it a little bit uh, tonight, but it is, you know, it's how they're turning Main Street into Gotham City, and there is a method to this madness. The media is part of it, and uh, they're running interference in one of the largest misinformation operations in history. And we're exposing it tonight, and we're using a couple of examples to where they have completely lied and are now doubling down. Um, you have to see that tonight. And I'm also going to be on your show talking about abortion, right? Uh, yeah. We, we were discussing this a little earlier about what the political outcomes might be, and even more than that, what does the left do if Roe versus Wade is overturned? We'll get into that with mm -hmm. Glenn on Studios America tonight. That's 8 p.m. Eastern on Police TV. Also, there was a story that broke yesterday, and we haven't had a chance to get to it. We have to get to it tomorrow. It's about new nanobot technology. <laughs> 
where the nanobots um, can uh, self-replicate. Mm. And, and they're made of flesh. And they're made of flesh. We should point out, they're made out of frog, some f- part of a frog. Yeah. So that's really good news. Now, here's why they developed it. It's something very, very important. Can you explain? Can you Blake, break it down into layman's terms? Yeah. Um, they wanted to see if they could do it. So they've done it, and uh, <laughs> there's no reason other than we want to see if we can make something out of flesh that will be a nanobot technology that will self-replicate. What could go wrong? I think this might be something we should sit down and talk about as a nation. Some of, some of these, you know, some of these experiments, they were like, yeah, you know, the nuclear bomb thing. Uh, if a bunch of guys were just getting together in the desert and going, let's see if we can blow crap up. Yeah. And they did that. They would probably be wrong. Yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> Especially coming off of the last couple of years where gain of function research has uh, drawn some attention. Perhaps the conversation around risky types of research that we don't understand the consequences should be a tad more robust. Maybe in well, advance. There's a, there's a lot of scientists that are talking about that, just about AI and AGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we be doing this? This is a really bad idea. And everybody's response is, well, somebody's going to do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but maybe we should have some parameters that we as human beings say, thou shalt not cross. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting idea, Glenn. I What a, what a radical thought. Yeah. You know, you're really out on a limb on that one. I know, I know. But hey, let's talk about the latest It Girl. It's the Glenn Beck Program.